and welcome to this bonus episode of Prog Notes. My name is Drew. And I'm Destin. And as we close out three years of this podcast, we would like to give our sincere thanks to all who have been listening to our show with this extra content. And today, we're going to be discussing a rather fun topic, the connection between video game music and progressive rock. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was released on November 21st, 1998 for the Nintendo 64. It has become a classic in the history of video games, and even if you haven't played it yourself, you've probably heard of it. It sold over 7.6 million copies worldwide, and that's just on the Nintendo 64 system. In 2011, it was remastered for the Nintendo 3DS, and it sold another 6.2 million copies. Throughout the years, it has been included in the top 10 of several greatest video games of all time lists. A pretty notable entry in the history of video games, I would say. And one of the elements that makes this game so notable is definitely its soundtrack. Nintendo has always had a reputation for maintaining excellent music for their games. And the, and the Zelda series has some of the most breathtaking melodies in the industry. Now, obviously, video game music is incredibly broad, and it's untrue to say that all of it sounds like uh, sounds similar to prog rock, because a lot of it doesn't. But there are a few striking similarities between VGM and prog, and I thought we'd share a few of those today on our bonus episode, because I think it'd be pretty fun, and these bonus episodes are supposed to be fun. But first, let me introduce our two guests who inspired this topic. You may have already seen their incredibly popular collaboration on YouTube entitled The Soundtrack of Ocarina of Time, but it's a prog rock concept album. And yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. They took the melodies from the Ocarina of Time OST and mutated them into a prog rock masterpiece. And it is awesome. Uh, it has over half a million views and it seems to be getting more and more popular every day, even though it was released almost three and a half years ago. Thank you, YouTube algorithm. Listeners of Prog Notes, please join me in welcoming Dr. Pez and Marc Papagon. Oh, hello there. Bonjour. Hey. Salut à tous. That's wonderful. Thank you guys for being on the show with us. This is this is a this is a great treat. We didn't we didn't expect this to actually happen, so it's really wonderful. So, um, but if you allow us to just give a little bit of history on you guys, before we'll jump into, of course, this monstrosity of of a piece you know and so uh i will i'll talk about mark for just a moment so mark primarily plays french horns and trumpets as an internet session musician but also plays drums extremely well as seen in this zelda tribute he's also worked on film and tv scores as well as prog rock albums projects include the crown and season two gulliver an album by a band called samurai of prog and the world wind and uh, which is an album by the transatlantic Guy, which is a 2018 French film, and many, many more. And uh, see, see that you guys, that you like Prague for sure. You edited a video called Infinite Fire by the mm-hmm. Prague supergroup Flying Colors, and we may drop Flying a link Colors. to that for everybody. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Drew, you wanted to talk about Pez for just a second. Well, Pez is done. My credentials are nowhere near as uh, impressive <laughs> as Mark's. <laughs> no, but it's really awesome checking out your YouTube channel. You got some incredible skill uh, and not just with the technical proficiency but like I mentioned earlier kind of mutating these video game you know iconic sounds and and uh, and melodies into these awesome like epic pieces with yeah. lots of different instrumentation there really really cool how you compose some of that stuff and, and rearrange it and everything so uh, I also just want to say I think it's hilarious that on your Twitter profile Pez you put your location as Hoenn which it, that's from the Pokemon <laughs> games right Yep, Hoenn always has a special place in my heart. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) I think you're the first person who actually uh, pointed that out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because I actually didn't play that much Pokemon. 
growing up, except the trading card game. And I got on it right. way later than when it like was really bursting out in like the late 90s and like early 2000s. That's when mm -hmm. everyone was doing it. I didn't get into it until like 2010. I was like 10 years <laughs> late, but my friends oh, just wow. suddenly were like, hey, you should get like a leaf deck. We need one. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. All right. So anyways, just had to get that out of the way. I think that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I remember there was like this period that Pokemon stopped being cool for a while. And then there was like <laughs> a, another resurgence in high school, at least when yeah. I was in high school around the 2010, 2011 yeah. period. And it seems like it's been going strong ever since. It's yeah, pretty cool. absolutely. Especially with it's, the resurgence really, really of Pokemon cool. Go when that came out and you know it had oh yeah for sure that yeah. was a big one it was huge yeah. and all the memes that yeah. came with it which were hilarious yeah so definitely but um uh, but yeah i think that's awesome and 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 pez you recently became a, a programmer for video games right or an yes. audio program that's amazing yes i did that's, that's phenomenal congratulations that's really great thank you so this is a uh, as drew stated before this is such a fun idea and it's executed brilliantly um it's a perfect crossover for prog fans and gamers which is great because both are rather nerdy um which, which is pretty great and so uh drew, drew and i loved this from from the moment that we saw it we we really did it was it was phenomenal and we thought it might be nice just to give our listeners a bit of history about the two of you together and so mm -hmm. our, our first question for you is just how did you meet and what made you want to make a prog version of a video game soundtrack all right, I guess I can start because uh, I remember very clearly uh, when I got in touch with Mark for the first time. So this was around um, 2012, and there was somebody who put together a Facebook group for musicians on YouTube. And most of these members were actually people that were doing video game music covers. And at this point, I already knew Mark through his appearances on another guy's channel who was kind of one of the main video game covers at the time. And that guy goes by Sange. I hope Songe. I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> Songe. And as a side note, he actually um, played a guest guitar solo on Temple of Time. So uh, oh, wow. Very cool. neat wow. little fun fact. Yeah. But um, going back to this uh, group that Mark and I were part of. Um, so one day I saw this new post from Mark, where he was sharing his latest work, which was his Final Fantasy IX yep. medley. So I opened that up, and the first thing I saw that it was like 18 minutes long, <laughs> and yeah. at the time no that was that. like, <laughs> and at the time that was like completely unheard of for a single video game music cover video. So <laughs> that was like a huge shock yeah. to me just to see like 18 minutes for one video, and. I'll admit, at first, I was skeptical. I thought that was, like, way too long and that there's no way that it could be interesting all the way through. <laughs> but, you know, as soon as I started watching it, I was I was immediately hooked and remained hooked for the entire time. It was, it was such an incredible experience. It was like, you know, listening to one song after another from the soundtrack, but the way they were arranged, it was like one continuously flowing piece of music. Mm -hmm. And by the end, I was pretty sure my jaw was like on the ground from the sheer musical ability that I just witnessed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, funny enough, that medley was actually one of my first exposures to prog rock music. Um, you know, the the soundtrack of Final Fantasy is inherently proggy. Yeah. And uh, Mark's own prog influences definitely took that to another. 
level completely. <laughs> wow. Yeah, maybe I should talk about so these epic Final Fantasy medleys. So the thing is, you guys probably know the, the Black Mages, the mm -hmm. band, the Black Mages. Yep. So maybe for the listeners, we can say a bit about it. So Nobuo Uematsu, the guy who did legendary composer of the Final Fantasy soundtracks, mm -hmm. he put together this band, this hard rock, froggy band called the Black Mages in early 2000, 2003, I think. And so their goal was to do these cool hard rock covers of themes from Final Fantasy soundtracks. Which was such a cool idea, you know. I yeah. totally loved it when there is that. And so they did two albums, and then so I, I love both albums. And I was thinking maybe they could take it up a notch, you know, maybe do something more ambitious and do something like a true concept album, you know, because there's so much material in in Final Fantasy soundtracks, you know. And Final Fantasy soundtrack is like 150 tracks, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff in there that you can have fun with you know and, and do something proggy like a big prog epic a 30 minute long prog epic and i was really hoping that we'd go for something like that since nobu Uematsu is known to be a, a big prog uh fanatic he loves prog from the 70s and you can hear that influence in in, in the final fantasy oysters obviously and but that didn't happen there was no epic and uh so one day i just thought what well, maybe you could try and do it yourself man just give it a try <laughs> and yeah i wasn't sure if Honestly, I wasn't sure if it was going to pan out and if it was going to be any, any any good at all. But I did the Final Fantasy VI medley. Uh, it was about 10 years ago. That was the very first one. And it was very well received. So uh, I was really pleased with that. It was a 12-minute long piece made of like a dozen theme from the FF6 OST. And that was the, the starting point of this whole idea of, of taking... Uh, a soundtrack, a video game music soundtrack, and and take it to the prog uh, level. Wow. So it, it began like that. Then I did the Final Fantasy IX medley that um, Pez talked about. Then I did. Uh, well, my goal was to do one for every Final Fantasy. That's oh wow. That's what I want to achieve. So I a did lot. the big uh, forty-two minute long piece for Final Fantasy VIII. And uh, two years ago, I, I released a full concept album based on Final Fantasy X. It's called Children of Yevin. Yep. And it's 17 minute long. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That's the, that's my thing. That's the, I'm known for the, the big Final Fantasy medleys. That's incredible. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of the roots of where this whole uh, Ocarina of Time prog rock concept album started. It was all, <laughs> you know, from Mark's original idea to do that with uh, Final Fantasy IX and <laughs> obviously six. That's so cool. Yeah, and so Pez one day approached me and he was like, hey man, uh, why don't we do something like that with Ocarina of Time, man? That could be great. <laughs> and the yeah. Ocarina of Time soundtrack is amazing. It's oh, a masterpiece. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it, man. And that was, in, that was in 2014, I think. That was it. Yeah, yeah. it was 2014. We're skipping a bit ahead now, but by, 14, by 2014, we'd already collaborated on uh, a few... Mm -hmm. uh, tracks together and yeah we played on each other's uh arrangements a couple of mm -hmm. times wow. yeah so i wanted to go back to um final fantasy 9 because that was like when i really kind of <laughs> almost took a an, uh my channel took a different direction after i i heard what mark did with final fantasy 9 and uh, mm -hmm. i tried doing that with uh, another game pokemon coliseum so 
that was one of my absolute favorite games from a musical perspective, but that's another, another topic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was working on this medley of Pokemon Coliseum, and uh, then I randomly get a message from Mark asking if I want to play Banjo on um, a Final Fantasy medley, I believe it was five, that he was working on. Mm-hmm, and, at, and at this point, neither of us had contacted each other, actually, so I was super excited to get a message from Mark because, obviously, his work on um, previous Final Fantasy medley was super inspirational to me. And um, so I made a little suggestion that we could do a little exchange so I could record banjo for his medley and he could do French horn for mine because there was one song on the uh, on the medley that called for French horn. And uh, he, great, he agreed and uh, it worked out great. Both projects turned out great and were well received. And that was kind of the first um, collaboration between us that was part of a series that's actually continuing to this day. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was only, what, a few weeks ago that I got uh, the tracks from Mark for a brand new album or medley that I'm working on this day. That's phenomenal. That is so awesome. That's really cool. And I think it's cool that you guys, uh, I mean, you know, you were just kind of like, man, I wish this, this existed. Well, mm-hmm. I can make it exist. I was yeah. Just do it. I think that's awesome. That's, that's I was, such I was a... quite frustrated that they, they didn't do it. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone's got to try and do it. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah not absolutely. Me? Why and, not me? Yeah. Absolutely. In true in true <laughs> prog it. fashion, nobody else has done yeah. it. I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. It. That's it, man. No, that's that's really cool. So I, I, you know, we kind of dipped into this a little bit, but did did you? And either one of you can answer this. Did you discover kind of prog rock, your affinity for that for that genre through video game music, or did you already know prog first, or you know uh, what came first, chicken or the egg? Well, personally, I discovered prog uh, twenty years ago with Dream Theater, and this okay. is a day I still remember vividly because it completely changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. I didn't know anything about prog. I had never listened to it. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even know the, the term prog rock. I didn't know yeah. what it was. I was listening to ACDC at the at the time. That was the hardest, the heaviest stuff I've ever heard, ACDC. And I was browsing on a website, an ACDC fan website, and they had this uh, little section, Album of the Month, and it had this album called, called Scenes from Memory, and they were saying, that's a masterpiece. You have to listen to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I was drawn by the artwork and something inside me told me, you have to give this album a try, you have to give it a listen. And I listened to Overture 1928, and that's mm-hmm. the track that changed my life, basically oh, changed wow. my life. I mean, I would, we wouldn't be here wow. talking if I hadn't discovered that album years ago. Yeah. So right. Dream Theater. That's crazy. That's my... Uh, yeah. Wow. And for you, Pez? Well, I mean, it's a, sa- a similar story for me, actually. Okay. Um, in, in that Dream Theater was my first, uh, you know, introduction to prog music in general. And uh, I believe that was when I was taking lessons for guitar. Um, I had um, a teacher who was kind of into this shreddy music. And uh, and before, before this, I was kind of learning, you know, the starter songs, like the, you know, the ones that everyone learns, like ACDC, Back in Black, etc. And then he comes to me one day and he's like, Pez, it's time that you learn a real bitchin' song. And then he um, <laughs> he plays Erotomania for me. <laughs> wow. That's cool. 
That's really, really cool. And I can definitely, you know, hear like some of the Petrucci influence for sure in, in some of your playing. I'm just kind of yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's dream. Totally, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. John, John Petrucci absolutely is one of my biggest influences. Yeah. And also not as proggy, but um, Paul Gilbert from Racer X, huge influence for me in terms mm -hmm. of my guitar yeah. playing style. Yeah, cool. that's wonderful. That incredible. That's super cool. Yeah. So Dream Theater, that was kind of my introduction. And then, like I said, it wasn't until I saw Mark's Final Fantasy medley that I actually, you know, heard what real true kind of prog rock music is, not uh, Dream Theater is more towards the prog metal side, right? Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. Also a little bit later, yeah. being around the, the 90s era and right. some of that right. 70s, which right. right off the bat when you guys did the medley of this, you can hear you know those really those like 70s influence synthesizers and stuff like that and uh yeah. and so yeah yeah that's that's really cool though that's really great yeah so. and then mark uh showed me transatlantic and i think that's one of my you know top favorite bands for sure oh all cool. time. wow that's yeah excellent. that and for anybody that, that doesn't know that's that's the um the super group between uh mike portnoy of dream theater formerly of dream theater uh -huh. um Pete, I can't remember his last name, Chihuahua. of Marilyn. Yeah, it's a tricky one to pronounce. Yeah, Trawavas, <laughs> I think. Uh, Neil yep. Morse and um, Royn Stolt from Flower Kings. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, we're working yeah. on trying to get Neil on the show, actually. He's agreed to do oh, it. Wow. We just have to yeah. We just have to find the time to have him on at some point. But, wow, you know, they had... Awesome. Yeah, it would, it would be. It would be amazing. So we'll probably, we'll probably talk to him about um about uh oh my gosh what's his spock's beard i was trying to think of the name for a second mm -hmm. we yeah we would probably talk to him about spock's beard or something like that so um anyway but changing gears here a little bit uh why ocarina of time does it hold sentimental value to both of you or was it just we like the music <laughs> we like the soundtrack this is perfect let's try this one yeah, it was more like that, but kind of ironically, it was more of the opposite of the sentimental value point. Um, and by that, I mean that we wanted to pick a soundtrack that neither of us were too familiar with so that we wouldn't be, you know, kind of biased in terms of what yeah. we would contribute, if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, yeah. I completely it's actually understand. A great so idea. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't make sense strategy. to yeah. do like um, a <laughs> a Pokemon medley because, you know, I've done so many Pokemon tracks and Mark hasn't done any on his channel and right. it wouldn't make <laughs> sense to do a Final Fantasy medley because, you know, Mark, Mark's the master of those. <laughs> so we tried to find some, you know, middle ground and, uh, you know, Ocarina of, Tr Ocarina of Time was one of the, the games that came up um, pretty quickly, you know, because it's so well known, obviously, yeah. especially for the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And personally, I saw Ocarina of Time as a great challenge because, as you probably know, it's been covered to death by people in the video game cover scene. Yep. So it would be a good excuse oh, yeah. to try and get creative with it and really try to put a new spin on all the classics that have been covered so many times, like you know, Song of Song of Storms, Groove yep. Valley. Yeah. And not only that, but also to uh, give a shot at covering some of the less covered tunes, like uh, Shadow Temple or Chamber of Sages, yep. for example. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think from my perspective, I, I kind of saw it as uh, a good challenge. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Definitely. Great idea to do that, well, too. And speaking of, of one of the challenges, I would imagine trying to pick like 
some of the songs in there would would be a bit of a challenge because there's over i mean it's yes. a soundtrack so sometimes there's like you know a lot of these like you know 20 second tracks that like are kind of hardly anything yeah. but but there's still over 80 different like compositions on there for mm -hmm. you know this soundtrack so was it was it particularly difficult and how did you choose to to include some and or rather how did you choose to exclude some of them and uh you know choosing which ones you decided to include well well first thing i did is i really listened to the whole soundtrack and i made the list of all the songs that I thought had potential, you know, songs that we could turn to something prog, some some that had interesting riffs, stuff like that. So I, I, I had this list, and uh, then some were quite obvious, like the title theme at the beginning and mm -hmm. the, the battle themes. Those we knew we had to put it in. And then, yeah, it's just figuring out which songs will be interesting, which songs will have potential to be turned to something interesting. Yeah. And then Absolutely. we have those songs, and it's like a giant puzzle, you know, we have to put it all together and which theme can go after the other and uh, yeah i'd like to point out that at the beginning um, we really didn't have any kind of uh tentative track list or anything it was more or less just picking the songs that we thought sounded cool mm -hmm, and making yeah. arrangements of them and then yeah. only after that you know trying to piece them together in a way that makes sense right yeah not only from a mm -hmm. musical not only from a musical perspective but also from like a chronological perspective right mm -hmm. in terms of how the game progresses right. yeah yeah so were they were they individually constructed and then you know we got this piece we got this piece we got this piece and then stitched together or found the way that's to... kind of how it's that's mm -hmm. kind of how it started out yeah and then after time you know um you know it started kind of coming together and and at least for me i got some ideas like okay this track um, ends like this, maybe we can segue into this track because it has a similar tempo or key or whatever. Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it all happened kind of naturally, really. Right. I mean, and there were also some, uh, some transitions that were really difficult to, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> to make just because, yeah. mm, you know, the two tracks didn't have much in common. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say, I mean, just to, uh, you know, dispense any sort of, uh, like nervousness about that it flows quite the contrary it flows so well like each yeah, piece into into the next all of them flow seamlessly so kudos to you guys on that there's well, never really a moment where it's like too jarring yeah. and it's just like well that came out of no it flows so well it's awesome yeah and some of them are and you know it's have that nuance too like i think one of my favorite ones is the shadow temple the chamber of sagas that is that is so like you know it's, it's yeah. so that was, that was Mark's idea by the way and, so and I remember subtle. when I heard it I was like yes that's, yes that works so well that's, that's yeah. it and so yeah that's wonderful so you were gonna say something Mark sorry I cut you off there yeah that's that's one of the things I love to do working out the working out the transitions between the song is something I is probably more one of the thing I really love the mm -hmm. most is to do that and I have those two songs that have nothing in common and then you have to somehow find a way to make it mm -hmm. flow and. It's just magical when you found it. When I'm, I'm always so happy. I'm ecstatic when I found a good way. I'm like, yes, that works. Yeah, yeah for sure. Good it. Feeling. That was it, it is a great feeling. <laughs> was it mostly based off of like musical motifs, or was it based off of key and tempo? Like, what was the what was the? Yeah, I it, guess the uh, it, the, the primary piece that that helped you go like, yeah, that's it. That'll work right there. It, it can be any elements, like, like you mentioned, yeah. If, if the tempo is the same, or if, if the tempo, the next song is slightly faster, then you have an accelerando to get into it, you know. Um, 
and yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes the key is the same. Sometimes, sometimes it lands on the keys that another song begins with, so that makes it easier. And yeah, yeah, you always find a way. You can always find a way. Yeah, and it's really That's fascinating great. thing to do. Yeah. Well, one thing that made this like I noticed when I was listening to this that made it like classic concept album from a progressive rock perspective is that the uh, the Shadow Temple is more cinematic than it is musical. There's a lot of just kind of like quietness where you're just kind of hearing the ambience of the mm -hmm. space that you're in, which reminds me of, you know, stuff like Hemispheres from from Rush, where he's kind of in this ethereal mm -hmm. place before he becomes the god of balance. And, you know, stuff like that where the lamb lies down on Broadway with the waiting room, like these kind of weird ambient mm -hmm. moments where it really does like have a, a moment of, of breathing and it's kind of weird because just music in general, we're used to activity, we're used to notes playing mm -hmm. in a rhythm and all this kind of stuff. With prog rock, a lot of the times what they'll do is they'll kind of just put you in a different space that's not even musical, but mm -hmm. it puts an image in your head. And this definitely did that. And of course, for Zelda fans, I'm sure they recall that that level in the video game. And so <laughs> I just think that was really, really cool that it, it just played to the strengths uh, of both, you know, video games are supposed to put you in this kind of story and concept albums, which do the exact same thing. So it was a really cool kind of merging of the two. I thought that was really awesome. Anyways. That's <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think Shadow Temple is one of the songs that actually, you know, seals the whole thing as a, you know, prog rock concept <laughs> it's album. true. I mean, with, without that part, I don't know if we could really call it that. Yeah. Just yeah. because That's the that part of is, it all. Yeah. yeah <laughs> part is, uh, it's really out there in terms of, you know, what people do. Right. For uh, covers, right? Oh yeah, Definitely. and it's all—I gotta say—it's all Pez's work. Shadow Temple. That's, <laughs> That's, That's him. Well, if, I can talk a little bit stuff. more about that if we can uh, <laughs> get into uh, musical influences. And many people pointed out um, or guessed correctly what that was inspired by, um, and uh, that would be Echoes by Pink Floyd. Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I totally yep. hear that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, for sure. So echoes it. It um, before this crazy ambient cinematic part, it has this actually kind of like funky groove to it, you know, where the whole band is jiving, and then slowly it starts yep. to fade out, and eventually it devolves into this like you know chaotic, totally ambient section where it's just like creepy noises and it's really jarring for the listener uh yeah. when they when uh you know they can hear that section in in full effect and that's kind of what i tried to mimic um with this uh, shadow temple part so it comes out of uh, song of time which is again kind of this funky grooving part and then and then we're basically just uh jamming on this one key and uh and then it slowly fades out and and uh, in comes this creepy ambience with all the sound effects of the temple and you know the footsteps and the uh, yeah all yep. the obstacles that you run into like yeah. the guillotines so we really tried to um, you know portray that feeling through music the, that feeling that you get when you're uh, you know walking through the temple with right. all this crazy shit that you have to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Uh, 
I, well, and I noticed some of the Pink Floyd influence, especially, I mean, Destin and I Im immediately, just the, the one of these days influence that I'm sure you've probably, I'm sure mm -hmm. people on YouTube have commented a bunch, but that it has yeah, hundreds of comments awesome there. <laughs> hundreds. It's, it's so cool though. It's so awesome. Everyone's like, yes, this reminds me because it's an epic. Well, first off, that's an epic song. And then to have that kind of a feel, just kind of the way it kind of drifts into that, or, or rather not drifts, but just kind of once it starts you're like yeah <laughs> yeah oh it's great again as his id yes. yeah i mean <laughs> that one you know i'm not too sure how the um connection to uh one of these days happened and it totally <laughs> is inspired by one of these days in case that wasn't clear but uh <laughs> but um yeah i wanted to do song of storms in a different style because it's you know, been covered a million times. Like I said, one of the main goals was to kind of rework the soundtrack in a way that uh, nobody's ever heard it been done before, right? Right. Yep. So, Song of Storms is in 3-4 uh, in the original, right? Mm -hmm. And if you take away the percussion and just play the melody, I realized that it could also fit in 4-4, four four, but in triplet time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So instead of one, two, three, one, two, three, you have one, two, three, four, and one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, like that. Yeah, so right. I made the melody, I kind of somehow made the melody work in that triplet time in four, four. And when I was doing the bass for that, then so cool. it had this, this same feel as the one of these A's, just dun, da, dun, da, dun, da, da. And then yeah. I figured, okay, that, that sounds like one of these days, why don't we do, uh, you know, uh, intro just on that one note as kind yeah. of a direct, you know, homage to yeah. the uh, oh, yeah. to that song. Well, even even then, bringing in the Telecaster and pulling out the slide, like oh, even yeah. seeing that, so you're like, oh, there it is. I saw it as soon as the Telecaster pulls up on the screen. You're like, yep, he's got it. Yeah. He knows what he's yeah, doing. I with mean, that slide. I'm basically just trying to imitate Gilmore there. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. But then you also return back to the sort of the three four feeling when you go to the accordion. And that's true and it goes back yeah. down and which which i really enjoyed too because it was like oh okay cool so you're gonna you're kind of like throwing back the the og there right and that's playing. also another yep. that's also another kind of proggy thing to do right yep. is just to yeah. to throw in a different style right in the middle of the song just for a few seconds mm -hmm. and then go right back exactly. to how it was before and you do that numerous times throughout the whole thing. And I love that. I think that's so great. It's just this little snippet of a, a, a very different genre for a second, but it's still really challenging. And then it goes back to some other groove that you were doing before. It's excellent. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this uh, medley is definitely appreciated the most by the, uh, the prog heads in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Definitely. And it's funny because um, originally, um, I don't know if you know, but the title wasn't what it is now. It wasn't uh, the soundtrack of Ocarina of Time, but it's a program concept album. It was simply, uh, I believe it was Tempo of Time, an Ocarina of Time medley. So yeah. it doesn't have quite the same ring to it, right? Yeah. And uh, obviously due to the algorithm, right? Um, right. It didn't yeah. know, YouTube didn't know that it was a progress concept album. So it wasn't pushing it to those kinds of people right and right. uh so yeah for the first like three years or whatever that the video was up it was kind of you know it got really good it got really good response from the people that did watch it right really positive comments but just the uh, the number of views wasn't there i think in the first three years it got a little over 100k and now 
since since it blew up after the title change. Now it's at like almost 700k, I think. Yeah, something like it's that. It's amazing. Yeah. What a title yeah. change can do. Yeah, really. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a brilliant idea you got, Piz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little, little bit clickbaity, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got to you got to do what you got to do in exactly. today's climate. Man. Exactly. Because yeah, we, we've worked we worked three years on this thing. So after three years of work, you're like, man, I hope this is gonna get you know the recognition Absolutely. it we think it deserves. Because when Absolutely. you add something special, yeah, so when sure. you see that the, the views are, aren't evolving, you're like, man, okay, yeah, that's that's yeah. YouTube. You can yeah. get but that title changed really changed everything. Yeah, I mean, I figured why not just give it a shot, see if it works. Yeah. I wasn't really expecting it to. To yeah. uh, work as much as it did, yeah, but it that yeah, it oh, totally yeah. did. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. But but just for the listeners, no, it is tempo of time and ocarina of time <laughs> is the <laughs> official time. name of it. So yeah. no, but that's 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 really cool. And I totally get that. I totally understand. It's like, look, we put a lot of work into this, and we think people would really enjoy it. We hope that you know it's, it's getting spread yeah. so that people can can dig it. And I'm I'm glad you did because I don't think I would have found this if not. So exactly. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So really, really cool stuff. Um, there's there's quite a few guest musicians that worked on this project. Destin mm-hmm. actually introduced me to one of them uh, a, a while ago. Totally independent of this, but the insane in the rain where he does jazz yeah. covers of video games. Oh my oh, gosh! Anyone who's listening, by the way, his stuff is stellar. Insane uh, in the rain, and excellent stuff he, he, anyways but but you've got other people in there who contribute flutes and vocals and idiophones mm-hmm. you know the, all, all that kind of stuff uh how did you meet the guest musicians that contributed to this piece and what was the process like was it just sending files back and forth did they know you very well I, yeah. yeah i'm just curious well, how that worked actually most of them are like longtime collaborators some of them mm-hmm. have played on all of my medleys oh that's excellent so yeah anytime i do something new i'm like oh man do you want to play a little solo on this a little riff on that and Usually right. they're okay, and and we I play on their stuff too, so it right. always worked pretty well. So yeah, we send them a backing track, um, a guiding track, and some some sheet music. But sometimes not if we want them to uh, improvise something, and then they send they send their track back, and that's it. And that's we mix it. Perfect. That's awesome. It's quite easy actually. It's quite an easy process. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think most of the guests we had a pretty good idea of who we wanted to play mm-hmm. the part. Um, you know, when it was arranged, and it was just a matter of you know contacting them and asking if they want to do it. And obviously, uh, most of them were super uh, eager to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, uh, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, so right. big big shout outs to uh, all the guests that perform. Absolutely. It's quite a long list, so I don't know if mm-hmm. it's worthwhile listing off <laughs> right. everyone. I think there's about ten on this list I'm looking yeah. at right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Did all of them That's have uh, sort of the? Did you already compose everything and arrange everything for them, and they just performed it like? just read site reading sheet music or did they, they they have a little bit more creative freedom to do what they wanted the, to do yeah it depends on the songs on some okay. of the songs we knew exactly what we wanted okay. so we just provide mm-hmm. them with the sheet music and they play it exactly as it is written but for songs for example we just sent him the backing track and just tell him man go crazy do your thing yeah right pick a guitar and do whatever you want and that's he great. sends us back this track and it's perfect and that's it mm. yeah. <laughs> and same for roman the keyboard player same oh, yeah. thing um, yeah, that was my idea to do this kind of um, uh, call and answer um, guitar slash keyboard solo where, yep. you know, a, f- a couple bars on the guitar and then a couple bars on the keyboard back to guitars, keys. And yeah, I mean, uh, 
we just sent him the track with only the guitar part and just let him fill in whatever he wanted to do on the uh the uh the part where the keys were supposed to be right there was yeah. i don't think there was any even like um rough version or anything it was just blank and you know go crazy mm -hmm. and he came up with this jordan rudis like amazing yeah. solos and oh, yeah, yeah. Was crazy. wow yeah. Blown away every time the guest plays was like wow yeah <laughs> exactly awesome. i had one last question mm -hmm. that i thought was really interesting to kind of connect these two worlds of prog rock and video game music i've, I've always thought that a lot of video game music uh that that i enjoy is pretty cr progressive and we've kind of alluded to that a little bit earlier mm -hmm. um you know, the spirit of ingenuity, the fascination with technological advancements, the use of classical instruments, being very conceptual and centering around stories, fantasy and sci-fi motifs, all this kind of stuff. I could talk about each of these topics in depth for a while, but uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do, do, do you think, I mean, I mean, well, you've mentioned that you, you do think there is a connection between the two. I was just wondering if one of you two could, or, or both, if you could just kind of expand upon that a little bit, just connecting these two worlds. What, what about both of them do you like and uh the parallels between the two well we know that a lot of japanese composers are prog fans i mean yes. Uematsu has said it numerous times you've yes. got uh, sakuraba sakuraba mutoi his, his mm. music is pure prog and all of a lot, a lot of them were grew up in the 70s mm. and they were they totally love Prague, so it, I think it definitely shows in the, in the music. You hear a lot of uh, of Prague stuff in uh, mm -hmm. in soundtracks. I think it's quite yeah. obvious. Absolutely, yeah. and I, I had I had kind of researched this a, a little bit as well, just because this this you know the, uh, work that you guys did, the Tempo of Time, really kind of inspired me to kind of look a, a little bit more into this. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think that we don't have enough time today to really dig into. Uh, everything there is there because it's such actually a, a really really rich topic there's a lot that could be said about oh, yeah. both video game music and uh prog rock independently and then connecting them together it would take a long time so i don't think we're <laughs> gonna be able to do that today but uh it was it is really cool and that's one thing i noticed um uh well i, I guess I, I should say i didn't notice until this is that i i really enjoyed these two kind of genres um if you will <laughs> separately and then when I saw this, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know what? Yeah, a lot of these these composers of like you were saying, these Japanese, yeah. you know, absolute, you know, monsters, you know, and, and masters in the realm of compositions. I'm like, this sounds a lot like progressive rock. This mm -hmm. is super cool. This is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I just think that's really neat. Yeah, it's a, yeah it's I mean, movie. if you if you really dissect the songs, I think mm -hmm. it's uh, impossible to deny that they were influenced by prog rock. I mean, who writes a battle theme in 2316, right? 2316, <laughs> yeah. that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, even as far as prog goes, that's nah, a little that's bit extreme. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. Just yeah. keep her doing it. It's really, really cool. Well, that wraps up this bonus episode. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and check out our website, prognotespodcast.com. And once again, thank you for listening to Prognotes over these past three years. Join us next time as we discover the past, present, and future of progressive rock. See you on Discord. Thanks. Thanks.